I'm a chemical engineer, right? I'm like tires. There's chemicals in that. Sweet. I'm going to be doing mass balances and like calculating molarities and like we're going to be mixing chemicals. That's going to be great. I'm going to be like the guy that's at five more percent of this solution because it's or else the whole thing's going to shut down, right? No, it's like it's nothing like that. And the whole time in school, they're like, oh, well, you're a chemical engineer, so you're probably going to be a process engineer. So we're like, okay, well, what does that do? And like, ah, you'll you'll just see when you get there. Hello and welcome to the Dumb It Down podcast, breaking down the disconnect between school and work for engineers and more. I'm your host, Eric Larson, and today I'm joined by another longtime friend from Charlotte, George Marshall, who I met at NC State University and went on to be a chemical engineer. George eventually moved to Aiken, South Carolina, where he worked at two different plants as a process engineer. George has some hot takes on how engineering school could be taught differently in terms of the skills you need for a job and has some cool stories from work about saving his company hundreds of thousands of dollars. So thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy. All right. Well, good morning, George. Welcome to Dumb It Down. How are you today? Thanks, Eric. Good. Good to hear. We had a, a couple technical difficulties getting going this morning. Yeah, a few including my soundboards. Now I'm listening to myself on Echo, but it's all good. And George yeah. now in his spare, spare gaming room. Yeah. That's lovely. Uh, <laughs> ignore the like uh, 16th century, like hand carved wood bench in the <laughs> background. We like acquired that from my uncle and we have no idea what to do with it. So it's just taking up space, but it's like too nice to throw away. It just doesn't match with like any decor outside of, outside of like, you know, a 90 year old woman's mansion <laughs> yeah it's uh it looks like a relic and it'll probably be yeah. out of the videos so our, okay our good viewers won't That's... have to, won't get the luxury of getting <laughs> you see a couple of guitars behind you though That's oh good. yeah uh collecting dust um we, you know we'll get into it later but once you get a get into the real world there's not like a ton of time in the day to just sit around and and play the guitar in your rocking chair on your porch or play the guitar just, just yeah out. yeah it's not a no time for that right now i guess nope. unless you are really committed but george has a bunch of house projects going on too so anyway we'll, mm -hmm. we'll get into a little bit i'm sure we'll cover all of it um but a little background on george and myself so another friend from engineering from nc state and um you did chemical engineering. We met through a couple of chemical engineers. You were from Charlotte as well and have now moved to Georgia, technically, right? Or is it South Carolina? Uh, it's South Carolina, Aiken, South Carolina. It's about 30 minutes from Augusta, Georgia. Okay, right on the border there. Mm -hmm. Nice. Um, well, we'll start, I guess, just from your high school George self and where you went to where you're from and what you're interested in and go from there. Yeah, so... Um... Born in Charlotte, you know, lived there my whole life, went to East Mecklenburg High School. Um, you were Myers Park, right? I was. Or were you at first? Okay. Because there's like a Myers Park group and then there's like the South Mech group. Right. Um, the Lone I East in, Wolf. I was in the, the Lone East Mech group. Uh, didn't live on the same side of town as y'all. Uh, but yeah, so went to East Mech. It was a good school. We had the IP programs, AP classes. 
uh, I assume that all that is still around in high schools. I don't even know, honestly. But essentially, if if you don't have those programs or whatever, it's taking like college level classes and potential for you to get college credit before you even graduate high school, which is good and maybe bad at the same time. You might save some money on some classes, but um, they're not quite the same, in my opinion, like taking it, take like calculus one, it's essentially that in high school versus in college, I think you lose the option to like have an easy year before you like take any real classes, you know? Okay. So, so you, so you IB, so you, were you doing the IB program? I didn't do IB. Um, I, I just did AP and I, I think IB had like extra curriculum and like projects associated with it, which me being a high schooler wasn't particularly interested in, you know, making school more time consuming or more right. difficult than it already was. Sure. Um, so I did AP, I took AP chemistry, AP calc, um, maybe one more. I took the test. I think I got college credit on a couple of them, but I ended up just retaking those classes in college anyway. Okay. Um, just to, I guess, <laughs> have a sure thing going in. Cause I like had no expectation on what, what college classes were like. So, so yeah, you were like choosing those plots. So you were at East Mac, you like, when were you thinking engineering? Were you good at math and science? Were you kind of leaning that way and then found NC state or what? Yeah. So I, I had like a really good experience with AP chemistry and like my teacher was great. You know, that the curriculum clicked in my head. It made sense to me. Um, so I went in applying to colleges thinking I was going to do chemistry. And then my dad was like, well, if you actually want to make any money, then you should do chemical engineering. <laughs> so do you do? Uh, he's a software engineer. So yeah. I don't know exactly. He deals with a lot of the transaction uh, machines that collect payment and stuff. So like if you go to Great Clips, um, for example, I uh, forget the brand, but he like works with the software that like does all that. Okay. Uh, I know he's, he's done some like software for the fast food companies where like, I don't, if you, I've never worked at a fast food place, so I don't know what their screen looks like, but it's a touch screen. Yeah. And so he was, I remember him setting up a fingerprint ID code for like the employees to log in to where you can just do your fingerprint to log into the register or whatever, instead like, of like, it, like what? Like years and years ago? Yeah, this was years and years ago. Um, and now, now he's an engineering manager, essentially, and uh, he just deals with everybody from our generation all day. Um, so I hear lots of complaining about that. Oh, how they don't want to come. They don't want to come to work, and um, they just use like every excuse to get out of like doing whatever work it is. Classic millennials like have no work ethic. Yeah. 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 That's pretty yeah. fun. So, so he had some technical background and I guess yeah. kind of shepherd you that direction. And right. So um, I actually went in as in the uh, whatever school chemistry was in. I don't know. I, w I didn't go in as College of Engineering. Oh, okay. But the first year, chemistry majors and chemical engineering majors have the same classes. Sure. So 
um, as soon I got in, I immediately put in a request to transfer oh. um, to the School of Engineering. So you decided between application and day one that you wanted to switch. Yes. Um, and so like my high school GPA, I don't know what it was. It wasn't like my SAT score wasn't fantastic. Like, I, you know, it, it helped you to get into the school then as a chem major. Is that what you're saying? Yes. yes it was much, as much. Yeah. That's what I was going with is it's, it was much easier for me to get into the school in chemistry um, than it was to like you know, fight in the octagon for everybody else who wanted to do engineering. Good point. Yeah, I didn't know that. that. And, you know, I don't know the percentages, but however, 20% or 15% dropout mm, of the sure. engineering school after the first, you know, you know, semester or, or year. So it's more important to get into the college in general mm -hmm. than to like risk not getting in. Um, if you're on the on the fence with SAT scores or GPA or whatever uh, to go exactly what you're shooting for, because that first year is kind of weed out and um, everybody pretty much doesn't know what they're doing. Yeah. And so why NC State then just with the thought of eventually doing the engineering? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Some science aptitude, some engineering sounds like people make money doing that. I'll give that a yeah. shot. <laughs> Allegedly. Yeah, apparently. Mm -hmm. uh, then year one, some weed out classes. Yeah, I know talking to a couple of the other chemies. The part of the weed out is like you being able to focus on what's important right when you get there. And that's getting good grades in your classes. Um, yeah. So yeah, first, first year was that and then transferred into engineering. Uh, there's a little argument with the counselors. I had to like, um, get special permission to like sub one class for another. Cause there's like engineering 101 right. and I took, <laughs> I think it was called PMS 101. <laughs> I don't remember what it stood for, but it wasn't that obviously. Yeah. Um, but they allowed those to be a sub okay. and I actually dodged like some kind of weird project, which was nice. But anyway, uh, sub yeah. two class. Uh, engineering design deck. Yeah. So I, I, uh. I yeah, I dodged that. Um, and then, yeah, in the engineering school and then, you know, if anybody's listening to the other podcast, pretty much um, just followed the other engineers um, course curriculum and paths through senior year. And then that's where it ended for me. So I, I went from that no more, no more school. I was done with it. I was ready to start yeah. make, making money. Yeah. Um, so uh, applying for jobs is like really stressful a senior year of school because you see like a ton of postings at one experience and you have zero experience. Right. You like, you think, you know, all this stuff, but then you get, you finally get into work and it like, none of it matters. You're like, absolutely none of it. Like I could have both, both big boy jobs I've had, I could have done probably fresh up, like from a, math level like done fresh out of high school okay um just because software has helped it a bunch or just yeah and figure things out it's probably different with like smaller companies but both companies i've worked for um fortune 500 and a fortune 100 company like they've got people for anything that's, that's like actual engineering um 
So I worked for Bridgestone. Bridgestone yeah. so tires. For one sec, so kind of okay. doing or going back and, and saying some of that. So George is probably my first guest that right got done with engineering and said this is it helps you get the first job, but yes, not quite. You're still an engineer more so than like me or Vlad or like project manager sales like. But even mm-hmm. you haven't necessarily used that degree. We're just setting the table there. But but thinking about like when you were applying to jobs and seeing all those job postings and like finding out where you fit, was that done through the career fair, through the NC State portal? Like, how did you get to that first job at Bridgestone? Yeah. So, I mean, I did it all because it's like you're in a dark room just throwing darts and like hopefully something sticks. <clears throat> like, I remember, I remember senior year, I took this environmental class and I was like, you know, I'm going to get this saying wrong. But uh, I was all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, right? So, and like, yes, like I, I'm like, I'm. I really think we need to fix climate change, like globally, and like I want to go and do this, and like this is this. I'm gonna apply to all these like, um, <laughs> you know, green jobs yeah. in engineering, and you start doing that, and they all want like, maybe it'll be different in ten years when that's like less. The technology's not new, but it's all being developed when I was applying. So they want people with like 15 years of experience. So, okay, none of that worked out. So then you just start, yeah. Yeah. So then you just start selling out and you're like, I'll take anything. I don't care. Yeah. You're like, so I remember duking it out for a job with Evan at uh, this, like, I'm pretty sure they made like paints down in like Georgetown, South Carolina. And we get there and it's like, are we like, can we curse or anyway? You can bleep it out, right? Anyway, it's like a shithole, right? But we're like, we need a job, so we don't care. Right. Um, so me, I, I got the job over Evan because I'm better than him, obviously. Let's go. <laughs> but I ended up turning it down because I got a job at Bridgestone because my uncle, and I really hate that this is how it played out, mm-hmm. but my uncle has his own, what does he do? He works for insurance companies, and when somebody says, my building collapsed, um, the insurance company hires him to go and say, yes, that's what happened. Uh-huh. You know, you can pay, you can settle their claim or whatever. Like on an engineering side as well, like the structural side? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. he's a civil engineer. Okay, there you go. So anyway, he's doing work for this um, this new tire plant, Bridgestone, and like uh, – this guy Norval that's been working there for like 40 years with the company is like, Hey, if you know any engineers we're hiring. Mm-hmm. And so he sent me the job application that way. Like it wasn't even on my radar. It didn't come up in the career fair. It didn't come up in like me searching. Um, so I applied, got, got that job, liked it way better than um, the one in Georgetown, South Carolina, brand new facility. Uh, they make, large and ultra large mining tires. Um, so, it, so I ended up accepting that job and moving to Aiken. Um, okay. but I hate, that's how, it, I hate, that's how it played out because everyone's like, Oh, it's all about connections. Like you got to know people, but like, what if you don't know anybody, then you're just like, I was saying that's... before, you're just like applying to every single thing you can find. And yeah. it's like the, the like shithole chemical plant in Georgetown that, you know, is going to get <laughs> sold because China can do it cheaper in the next five years. Like that's, that ends up being your only option yeah. when you really want to be doing green energy. 
So yeah. well, and I think it's interesting. Engineers are in such high demand, right? So for all these other majors, I wonder what that looks like too. I guess it's why you hear about liberal arts majors, you know, coming out and working at coffee shops or something. But right. like engineer is it, it, the skill set is in high demand. Whether you're taught what you need to in, in school probably doesn't prepare you for jobs. Doesn't help anything. Mm -hmm. uh, but even right, even George looking to do an engineering job, looking to you know kind of be more hands-on uh, and even open to working in a plant, not the most like, you know, not moving to Nashville or Chicago, like going to South Carolina. Yeah. Um, and and all, with all of that, even you still had like trouble finding that job because it's a stressful time all the above. But yeah, that ended up checking your boxes and mm -hmm. you made the move and yep. start working and we're completely perfectly prepared for the job, right? <laughs> yeah. So I knew not like, Okay, but I'm a chemical engineer, right? I'm like tires. There's chemicals in that. Sweet. I'm gonna be doing like mass balances and like you know <laughs> calculating molarities and like we're gonna be mixing chemicals. It's gonna be great. I'm gonna be like the guy that's yeah. I'm gonna be the guy that's like yeah. Add five more percent of this solution because it's or else the whole thing's gonna shut down, right? Yeah. No, it's like it's it's nothing like that. And the whole time in school, they're like, oh, well, you're a chemical engineer, so you're probably going to be a process engineer. So we're like, okay, well, what does that do? And like, ah, you'll, you'll just see when you get there. So like, none of us knew what a process engineer did. They're just like, it'll be fine. You'll, uh, you'll, you know, you'll use what you learned in school and you'll do stuff for the company. Now, was so that like, your okay. first job then? Was a process engineer and was looking for chemical yeah. engineers? Okay. Well, they're looking for chemical engineers to be process engineers. Cause I guess that's a standard like um, job title for, for a chemical engineer, unless you're like, working for like DuPont or BSAF or, you know, like some large chemical company. But even then I imagine they've got the old guy that's been there for 20 years. Who's like a real engineer um, doing all the math and stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So what did that first role look like then? Uh, so once I got trained a year later on okay. actually like, okay, what goes into a tire and like, what skills do I actually need to do this job? Um, essentially Nashville, cause Bridgestone's headquarters is in Nashville would come down and say, Hey, we want to, um, build this new tire. And so we need you to, um, take all the parts that Japan's already like, they're already doing it. So we're just copying and pasting So take all these parts, build it, you know, we cut it up, check it, make sure it's what we want and then um, start making it. So that was one part, the trialing. Um, the other part is um, basically working with the people who are actually making the tires, all the operators and um, seeing where we can save money, seeing how we can do it faster, seeing how we can reduce waste um so like speed waste and delay essentially minimizing those to make more money faster and i think that's the best way i can boil it down Dumb it down none of that yeah none of that requires any chemical engineering did you like it yeah uh i mean the plant was the the paint was fresh uh the tires are massive yeah uh, it's, so the smallest one was nine feet t 
tall. Okay. Like if you stand it, like how it rolls on the truck and weighed like 8,000 pounds. And the biggest one was 13 feet and weighed 13,000 pounds. Um, and so they're for the, like the coal, <laughs> and this is funny. Cause you know, me being bright eyed and bushy tailed, I wanted to do green energy and now I'm making tires for the coal mines. Oh man. Sick. sick. Yeah. Just, just exactly what I wanted. Right. What you wanted to um, but you yeah, like it. so, I mean, it's not like you were completely yeah. opposed. Yeah. Um, and maybe this this would be like a whole nother podcast, but like I wasn't happy there, mainly due to the management and like how they ran the facility and how um like you know, corporate bridgestone the way they handled their business. Um so I got pretty just like it became a drag to go to work every day. Like I'd like, you know, be walking slow through the parking lot to get in. Like it was just, it's draining, you know? Um, so so, you were more frustrated. You kind of liked the day-to-day work you were doing. You just didn't like the people you were working with. You didn't like. Right. Right. That's, um, (laughs) yeah. And, and like, you know, that's a whole different podcast is like probably talking about, when is the right time to move jobs and what what's important to you so that you're productive and that you excel at your job because when you're just when you're disgruntled like that it's hard to excel um at the work you're doing right um so then uh we're probably way behind where we need to be but then uh, yeah okay so then i i was looking for jobs and um i i landed at um, well, I guess I should back up. So I applied to probably like three or four different jobs in the area and I got job offers for all of them. Nice. Um, so it was great. You know, I, I did good work at Bridgestone at that point after going through the job searching, I, I'm pretty good at interviewing. Um, I had stories to tell in the interviews, you know, what did I do? What were, what was the outcome in like, you know, I, I can basically promote myself on what I can offer to the company and people love money, right? <laughs> Any money that you saved, um, sure. is always a plus. So if like, I did this and it saved this much money, they're like, great, do that here. Right here. Um, so I had good stories to tell. I had a couple different offers. What's um, one of those stories? Like how much did you save them? Um, okay. So I'll tell, I guess one at Bridgestone and I'll, I'll probably do one at my job here just to give an example. Maybe this will be a better example of what process engineers do more than anything. But um, so Bridgestone, uh, you build it on this drum. You, there's like three different stages. You build it on a drum. You like rotate the drum and um, put the components on there. Well, this one drum makes two different size tires. So a 49 inch rim and a 51 inch rim. And um so there's spacers in there to, to change the width because it's two different size tires. And like these bolts are in there and every time they open and close it, it like vibrates and just like it rotating, the bolts were falling out and the spacers were falling out. And then they'd lose like an hour having to pull the drum off to take it apart, um, put it back together hmm. with the spacers back in. Weekly or something? Yeah, it was like once a week this was happening. And so the mechanics were like... Um, you know, we loctited them, we cross-threaded it, we put red, red lock, they're still falling out. So I was 
essentially I was like, well, why don't you just safety wire it? Cause airlines will safety wire a bolt with the bolt beside it. And as one loosens, it pulls on the wire and tightens the other one. And oh. maybe, I don't know if you have like diagrams you can pop up when you edit, but you can go Google it just like safety wire bolt. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, why don't we just safety wire it? So we ordered, uh, you know, pre-drilled bolt hit bolts with the heads pre-drilled safety wired it didn't ever fall out, you know, once a week, that's 52 hours a week of production time that we're not losing. Um, that stage takes an hour. So that's 52 more tires that they're building the tires sell for $20,000 a piece. So 52 times 20,000 more tires. That's how much money I saved. Nice. By spending by spending essentially no money, right. right? I didn't order some fancy part. Um, I just happened to know that that is something that exists out in the world for making sure bolts don't fall out. Look at that! All right, Jim. yeah. <laughs> um, just like, oh, let's go! Save me some money. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, my girlfriend at the time, Allie, she was in Brunswick, Georgia. I had a. a job interview at her mill she worked for georgia pacific um we decided we liked aiken better so i took the job at kimberly clark that's like 20 25 minutes down the road from where i am so luckily i didn't have to move far um and that's probably a whole nother podcast too is like uh like when's the right time to move? I guess that's the same podcast. When's the right time to move? Move Um, location. So what was like the last draw, like that without the whole podcast, like what most motivated you to just be like, I gotta, I gotta go. There's this, it was, it was my, the guy directly reported to like, I just did not like him. And, um, I'm usually pretty cool headed, but it's just like when it's every day for, nine hours a day you know it's just like and so i just (laughs) um i was just like i can't do this and he had just started a family so like i knew he wasn't going anywhere Mm. the promotion options for me were like he just got the next spot for me so i was like okay well that's locked down you applied to it too i had applied yeah okay i mean you're gonna get me fired up now but i had applied um and the minimum experience was three years and I had like two years and eight months or something. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, so I applied and then they like uh, rejected the application or, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. For, for that reason. And I was like, well, that's kind of rude. At least humor me and let me interview. Like maybe I am the better candidate, you know? Um, but they had, I mean, I, I, a lot of times this happens, I think, as companies have it in their head who they want to hire and the, the application process is a formality. Mm-hmm. Like they have legally, they have to post it, but they already know who they're going to hire. Maybe there's a wild card um, through the interview process, but um, I was eliminated. I was upset. I was stuck. It was either moved to Nashville, which wasn't going to happen because yeah. um, Eric was there. I'm just kidding. Um <laughs> Um, just, we liked the area. We liked the Southeast, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, so you're right. Your options with yeah. this company were limited. Right. Um, so <laughs> entitled. <and> I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
and for me, I like the manufacturing side of things. You know, it's I get to walk around the walk around the the place, see the stuff getting done. When you're in the corporate office, it's like you're behind a computer and everything's uh, not real. Like you don't see it happening, uh, and I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm more hands-on, so that's like it wasn't really an option for me to want to go to corporate, which is still the case. And the company I'm with now loves to do the mill time and then the corporate time and then put you wherever. So um, kind of digging my heels in in the, okay. <laughs> in, the in the manufacturing. So yeah, um, so Kimberly Clark, you're in a similar role now. Yeah, so okay. same, exactly the same role, um, a different process, but essentially I'm improving speed on the machines, I'm improving waste, and I'm improving delay. That's like my main objective. Um, I do other stuff too, um, but like if you look at my job description, the corporate one that they list, it's basically just taking the the assets that I'm over and making them better, making them produce more. So the company makes more money if they can sell it. Right. That's where Eric comes in. It's got to, you got to sell the stuff. And um, making. Huh? We're making, so my lines make paper towels, super glamorous, right. Compared to uh, the ultra large coal, coal mining tires. Um, <laughs> but like a lot goes into it and it kind of, like I had never thought about it before. Right. Like it's a paper towel. It's not <laughs> like, it's not that cool, but like you wouldn't believe the, like the equipment and like the technology that is there to make this stuff. Um, it's, it's probably about as complicated and has probably about as much technology that goes into making the ultra large mining, mining tires. Hmm. Um, so there's, I'm on the towel lines. Um, I make some bath, which, which is toilet paper. We call bath. Um, but the rest of the lines are on bath. And, um, with the recent COVID stuff, I mean, everybody's like, Oh, they're limiting the supply just so that we can, they can bump up the prices. And we're like, I mean, we were wide open. Um, we, we did everything we could to just like keep the machines running. Cause the demand was just like outrageous. And I think all of the paper, manufacturers were in the same boat was like all just out of nowhere all of this demand was there and so everything i was doing was to just like keep the machines running yeah um you know we're already 24 7 you can't add any more hours to the day so it's like how do we make more in the same amount of time so everything i was doing was working on that because all of y'all listening were just like buying up the paper the toilet paper and paper towels and stuff to clean or or hoard or do whatever with i don't know <laughs> right um so yeah that's my role now um okay. the cool the coolest thing my favorite thing i've done there i can't really talk about because it's a trade secret <laughs> but that's cool. um i do the the idea for it came from one of the operators on the line you know because he's on the machine every single day and he's like well you know what if we just do this and it's, it's, it's about saving a raw material. Um, so we're like, if we can use 50% less of like, do we need all of this to make this thing that we're making? Um, it's like, well, probably not. So I'm like, that's a good idea. Let's try it. So I make up this, like use a 3d printer. We like make up this quick prototype. It's like, Oh, well that kind of sucked and didn't work. So we like try again, 
you know, another 30 cents down the drain to print 3d print up this little thing, um, slap it in runs for like three months. I'm like, okay, cool. This works. Um, so now I'm changing over all the lines, um, to run that specific thing that way. And we're going to save like $300,000 a year. So easy, right? right? Process improved. Yeah. Um, money saved. I get to put it in my end of year. Um, and I get a pat on the back. Yeah. No money from it, but um, well, also so you, get paid. Yeah, it's at least tangible. You could say like I affected this by this amount of dollars, so that's that's helpful. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it sounds like you know you you like the type of job you're doing. You like being in a plant. You're still in a plant. Hopefully, organizationally things are better now. You like your boss better. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm much happier at, at KC. The drive's a little further, but mm. for you big city folk, 25 minutes probably still isn't that bad. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and of course, the the plant versus city is like kind of a decision you make out of college too. Right. Uh, so if you're like, I want to be in Nashville or Charlotte or wherever, yep. you're probably not working in a plant. Um, and you were fine, kind of moving to more of a rural area. Yeah. I guess just for the job, or were you? Would, did you prefer that anyway? Uh, well, originally it was just for the job. Like, I need a job. I need to start making money. Yeah. Um, but now I go back to Charlotte, I go back home. I'm like, this is awful. I hate this. <laughs> like, why does anybody put themselves through this? You're living in a city. Yeah. It's just miserable, dude. I like, I can't. What part? Like traffic? The traffic, the like entitlement, the cost of living, like you okay. try to buy a house. It's like me and my buddy in Raleigh bought the exact same house. Like, you know, it's a cookie cutter home, whatever. Yeah. Um, it's the exact same house, same square foot, same, like the, the land size that they're both like a third of an acre. And he paid twice as much, like no, no joke, literally paid twice as much for the same house that we bought. Right. Just cause he's in Raleigh versus Aiken. And he's an entitled millennial. <laughs> yeah. I'll choose um, not to be offended by the entitled part, but I, I, I mean, I get where you're yeah. from. You know what? Like, yeah, I'm it, <laughs> not that the being where I am, and I'm not like way out in the middle of nowhere. Aiken County is like 30 C. That's what yeah. I thought when I moved there. I was like, there's nothing here. Like, yeah, you know, Walmart, and that's it. Right. Um, it's got more than that. Okay. Um, I'm not really out in the country or anything. Like, <clears throat> the Walmart is five minutes for me Good. um the fur the furthest thing for me is a best buy i have to drive all the way to augusta for that oh, okay but who goes to best buy anymore I was gonna say, are you gonna <laughs> um okay. they've got they've got a nice downtown area um with some good restaurants uh so we're we're very happy here um nice. the dating pool is probably a lot uh better in the city but um <laughs> I would yeah me and ali uh we're together already so like that wasn't like i didn't even need to take that into consideration yeah well that's the first thing that pops in my head right it's like that's why i right. draw to the city part of it and then you know like nightlife restaurants all the above but yeah yeah well of course yeah ali i might have to have her on too another yeah <laughs> state yeah um, and yeah you guys have been here a long time it's exciting she's great and mm-hmm. you guys are in aiken so yeah all works out. So what's, what's your next step? You're happy. You're comfortable. You've got a house. You got a, your sights set on anything. 
Um, retiring <laughs> as as soon as possible. God. Like I've made it. I've done. I've I've got I've got a house. The the like my my goal was the house. You know, I cut back on the avocado toast and iced coffee, and boom. Nice. <laughs> I got it. Next year, I got it. Well, um, yeah. No, just ten years. Yeah, just. I mean, you know, I'm gonna offer some unsolicited advice later at the end, but yeah, I think the next yeah. step is is right now. Um, so I'm not a financial advisor. We've got friends for that. Yeah. Um, that I don't know if you'll have on, but call one. Like, it's yeah, call one. Um, like as soon as. You, I'm not saying like as soon as possible when you get your first job that math does the 401k match, right? Start a start a like even if you don't want to do 401k, whatever, cryptos in, whatever you want to do, mm-hmm. um, just start saving money like as early as possible and save like as much as you can, right? I'm not saying don't get avocado toast and don't buy the iced coffee, uh-huh. but just like you know, don't do it every day. I'm not going to go all Dave Ramsey. Is that the guy? I think that's the guy. I'm not going to go all Dave Ramsey on, on people, but like my goal now, like if I could retire at like 45, that would be great. I still want to travel. I still like, I race motorcycles. I still, that's expensive. I still want to do that. I can, I can do that when I'm older, just not as well. Mm -hmm. So like I I've done some of that. Um, but I've also been putting money away. So just like, start saving as soon as possible. So you don't have to work. Um, Cause maybe aside from like, you know, Curtis and Evan who like, I don't, you know, I didn't listen to their podcast, forgive me, <laughs> but you know, their story. Yeah. I don't think anybody wants to go to work because they have to. I'm also not going to be like, oh, yeah, find your dream job and you'll never work a day in your life. I don't think that's realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people may make it work, but they're the exception, not not the rule. Like you're like, oh, I really like painting. I'm going to go be the most famous painter ever. Like it like that's not how the world works. Mm-hmm. Um, so just like as soon as possible, put money away, because if I can retire at 45 and then just go like do something on the side, like be a Home Depot guy that says, yeah, the PVC is on aisle two <laughs> and just like, just pay the bills by working 20 hours a week. I see. And then do whatever else I want the rest of the time. Like that's what I want to do. Right. Very interesting, George. I, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I see the world a little differently, but I, I totally get where you're coming from. I mean, yeah you think about someone like Evan and Curtis and like Evan even said dream job. And like he wanted, he it's a similar route a little where he was very interested in the green energy and sustainability and took some job out of college because you know, mm-hmm. you just a glamorous sustainability job year one. And now it kind of feels like he does have one of those jobs and enjoys it. Um, and then for me, like, I just, I think about work, like you're enjoying at least the time that you're at work. Right. So it's, it's, yeah work it's not the number one thing you'd like to be spending your time on but right like retirement is is if i guess the end (laughs) i don't know the way i think about it is like if i if my work for sales is like talking to people and learning about Mm -hmm. cool technology then it doesn't it is work but it doesn't feel as much like work 
and then you know i don't feel like this deadline or finish line where oh just work to retirement so i probably maybe spend a little more freely earlier in my in my career but i i hear what you're saying yeah i mean and don't get me wrong i spend freely too (laughs) but that's after i've put in my money where i'm saving it right you're um, keep an eye on it and budget and do those sort of smart right. things. And that's my sec. That's my second, hopefully, final piece of unsolicited advice is like just make make the budget spreadsheet. Like make it. You know, you're most of these people are engineers. I'm guessing, like you know how to use Excel. Make the spreadsheet, budget. Like look at it. Every, like once a week, once a month, just look at it. Good or bad, whether you're in the red or in the green, just know where you're at so you can make adjustments. Like I think it was probably two or three years in before I made a spreadsheet and was like, where, just to find out where all my money was going. Um, and then after that, things got a lot better. Cause I'd be like, Oh shit. I spent $200 like getting food to and from work or whatever, like at the gas station, you know, or wherever. I was like, why am I doing that? I just like fill up my water bottle at home and uh-huh. buy, by the cliff bar at the grocery store instead of the gas station. Right. So just like make the budget, look at it, good or bad, you at least know where you stand and you can make adjustments. Or be like, oh man, I'm saving so much money. Let me just go take a trip to wherever I want to go because I've been so good. There you go. Yeah. I took way too long to do that. I mean, mm-hmm. so yeah, you're talking talking to me until about three months ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I That's fine. Too invested real estate was like mm, maybe i should take a closer look and it's kind of scary but i mean it's yeah. good. all right george yeah, it well, to your it was solicited advice it's not unsolicited yeah. <laughs> no. You're listening you, you you signed up for this mm-hmm. all right yeah Anything yeah so, a couple so, questions yeah yeah um i think I, um, that's it for like where i'm at in my career and everything for me um, I don't know if we'll get into what I wanted to talk about was like, do you need to go to college at all? Or is that coming next? Let's, let's, yeah, let's spend a couple minutes. We might. Okay. Yeah. So like you, you mentioned before, like maybe trade school would be a better option or you didn't really learn the skills that were needed. So yeah, you're, you're so fucked. Yeah. So <laughs> for the clickbait college is a scam title <laughs> <laughs> that you're going to use. Um, right. So after, after doing all of this and like me not even using any of the stuff I spent so much time and energy like learning and now that I've forgotten, mm-hmm. um, I was like, I think a lot of times like, would I be happier, um, you know, being maintenance and turning wrenches all day and getting paid the same amount of money that I make because, um, like they make probably the same amount I do in a year. Um, the the difference is they overall probably work more hours to do that. Um, but they have a lot more fun, I think, doing doing what they do than what I doing what I do. Which I'm staring at Excel for sixty percent of the day. On the other day the other portion of the day I'm like out on the lines trying to find an issue that needs to be fixed Mm -hmm. and then stressing about it at home 
when I'm supposed to be relaxing. Because like, it's not just like, oh, this is broken, fix it. It's like, this is an inherent problem in our process and I need to come up with the fix, not just replace a part. Um, so another part of that is they probably got started at 20 rather than 22 relatively, right? Mm -hmm. If they even went to a trade school. Um, so with my goal now is retiring as early as possible. Like time, time is your only, is your friend and your enemy. The earlier you start, the better. Mm -hmm. I think hopefully everyone is taking a class about compounding interest, right? And knows that even if it's small, putting money in earlier is better than putting a lot of money in later. Right. So I'm thinking, you know, if I went to a trade school, started putting money in at 20, um, I'd be making the same money I am now, but I would have gotten a two-year head start on saving money. Um, and what interests you about that is sounds like is some of the just cutting off from work. Like obviously you like the hands-on stuff, but are those yeah. are the two main factors? Yeah. Yeah. It's like when seven o'clock hits, you're done. Like the next guy's there. It's his problem now. Yeah. You've done all you, which, you know, you got some people like, Oh, I'll just wait till the next guy comes. He'll fix it. But like, it's just like a weight that's lifted when your shift ends. Mm -hmm. um, and I think there's something to be said for that because unless you're, you know, out to change the world, you know, we're not all Elon Musk. I don't care. <clears throat> you know, my, my priorities are at home. They're not, at work right they're my priority when i'm there because that's what they pay me for but you know i work so that i can live i don't live so that i can work you know yeah um so i i just and, and none of that was ever brought up to me in high school as even being an option like it was like go to college go to college go to college which statistically probably you know you make more money having that college degree but it's not the only option for people and you've got engineers that make like make it all the way to a job and just are terrible engineers like the whole time whole time going up through the educational system that we went through at least where we were in charlotte is like wasn't even an, an option that was proposed to me it was always like go to college or else you know you're going to be you want to have a good job. You want to make any money. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't, I just think that's not true. And that's not the right answer for a lot of people. I was fortunate. Yeah. I had a, half my college paid for. So I started, I started my career out with, you know, 50,000 in debt instead of 100,000. Right. Um, but a trade school is $10,000 a year, maybe. Right. Um, in two years. So you know, you're off and you've paid off your loans and making the same money and half the time. Um, so like yeah. welders, like all this equipment that's in our facilities, like people have to build that. Right. It's like, Oh, I'm going to design this great machine. Well, somebody has got to weld and bolt all those parts together and you don't know how to do that. I don't know how to do that. Right. Like people, people that actually do the work, get paid a lot of money to do that work. As they should. Yeah. <laughs> and right. as they should. I mean, I think as like you look at the future of work, you're going to need, you're going to still going to need the people who are turning wrenches and doing 
maintenance stuff. Um, yeah. And that might be an even higher demand moving forward because everyone's going to be, have the ability to sit at a computer and look at Excel and right. more and more will be automated. So, yeah. yeah. And I sound like, I probably sound like my grandfather at this point. <laughs> well, you know, dad, like, yeah. Or my, probably not even my dad because he sits behind a computer all day. But um, yeah, kids don't know how to do anything these days. Um, yeah. All right. Well, I mean, yeah. So the corporate budget, right? Divide everything by a hundred when we get charged for stuff. That's mm. just like a note. There's a, there's a lot of money out there for welders and stuff like that. Okay. So you got to go. <laughs> so yeah, my dad actually just walked in. Uh, oh, but okay. I'm, I mean, I'm glad we got to that. And yeah, we could, yeah. We could spend another episode. I'd be, I might have two people on and just say like engineering school and college versus not. See mm -hmm. say. I think it's hard to say like that last piece without knowing your journey up to now. Right. How you get a job and why you went to a plant and all that good stuff. So anyway, yeah. Thanks, George.